In this episode, Brian Rosenthal, founder and CEO of BSR Digital, shares his personal journey from a background in computer science to becoming an advertising expert. He emphasizes the importance of going back to the basics in marketing and advise brands to focus on creating a strong product and validating its demand before investing in advertising. Brian discusses the key elements of an ideal marketing strategy, including setting clear goals, developing a plan, and balancing acquisition and retention strategies. He also highlights the significance of data analysis, the impact of cookie-less world, and the role of AI in advertising. Join us for this insightful conversation, which will help you put advertising and marketing knowledge into practice. Welcome to the Ecom Pulse, your heartbeat to the world of e-commerce. Join us as we meet industry leaders, innovative entrepreneurs, and passionate professionals who are at the forefront of the e-commerce revolution. From groundbreaking technologies to marketing magic, Ecom Pulse is your insider's guide to all things e-commerce. So plug in, gear up, and get ready for a pulse-pounding journey into the heart of e-commerce. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Ecom Pulse podcast. I'm Eitan Kotter, your host. It is my pleasure today to welcome Brian Reusenthal, founder and CEO of BSR Digital and the host of the DTC Insider podcast. Welcome to the show, Brian. Thanks, Eitan. It's a pleasure to be here. Brian, welcome. You are an advertising expert and obviously hosting the the you know the DTC podcast. You've been dealing for many years, you know, with brands and and specifically in the advertising and the marketing you know sector. I would love to learn more about you. Uh, if you can share your personal journey for the listeners to know you better and what you do in BSR Digital. Yeah, I actually don't come from a marketing background. Uh, I have a degree in computer science, so I used to work uh, as, a, as a developer for many years. I still keep the, okay. the glasses, uh, and uh, I had <laughs> so much fun. I, I was like educated, like very analytical, strategic, uh, um, creating uh, software. Actually, started creating um, apps for SharePoint and many other um, big, let's let's wow. say, pieces of edge for big companies like Shell and, and some other uh, big companies in the U.S. And, and then I went to, to work for myself. I opened a, f- a software factory in which we developed, if you remember, Facebook apps. Facebook apps, <laughs> for those who don't remember yes. or don't know, the, the, the Facebook pages back then, I think they were called like fan page. They, were, uh, they, they used to have tabs. And each tab could be a different thing. It could be a promotion. It could be the the stores or the locations or different yep. things that brand offered. Brands used to do many giveaways to get more followers or fans uh, to their Facebook page. Uh, they gave away their house probably in exchange of that back <laughs> then. It was a, yeah. a huge deal. Uh, and so we developed those apps for, for many companies in my software factory. And then one day we... We, we came up with the idea of a, of a tech startup linked to marketing as well. And that was my first connection with the marketing world. That was in 2011. And then we started like seeing many of those um, clients we had in the tech startup 
that they, they, they have a lot of needs related to marketing, uh, handling the, the back then there wasn't Instagram, I believe it was only Facebook. So the Facebook, um, social media management. So we, we, we wanted to be there, but not with that tech startup. And that's how we opened the first version of my agency in 2013 with, a, with another partner because I was super busy working um, with my co-founder in the startup. And, and, and we started doing that, you know, social media management. But the, the long story short, I wasn't comfortable giving results such as likes and shares and comments. Like, okay. I, 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 I didn't feel like it was enough because my clients, when we met to present the results, were like, hey, I love that we are growing the, the fan base, but I want business results. I want clients. When are we going to be there? Because back then, nobody knew what was going to happen with the fans. Everyone was collecting fans, and okay. that was it. It was community building, and nowadays it's super valued mm-hmm. as well. But nobody knew that it didn't have a direct correlation, measurable at least correlation, with uh, you know, uh, with getting clients. So basically, I said, hey, this is not enough for me. I want more. I want business. I want to help business generate you know, business results directly. So we started doing lead gen campaigns and then only uh, probably one or two years later, e-com as well. It was yep. a totally different landscape than today's. Uh, the right column ads, not even the feed ads. It was a different thing. But anyway, that's how I got started in the, in the paid ads world. Interesting. So what was the trigger that, you know, for that transition, you know, from development, Facebook apps, going to become, you know, kind of an agency, which is obviously evolving over the years? Yeah, the, the startup, basically this tech startup. I, I was um, startup, the leading yeah. the, the technical department and mm-hmm. I, I saw like the marketing department having fun. You know, we were like the technical department is like we work heavy. We it's like it's. Uh, a lot of work on the back end, you know, uh, as you might know, and the, uh, nobody notices how hard it is to do some of the things. And sure. I, I love that part, but I fell in love with generating business results for people as well. And that's when I fell in love with the, with the marketing side, but the analytical side of the marketing industry, if that makes sense, right? It makes a lot of sense, of course, of course. So, what are you doing these days at you know BSL Digital? I mean, how do you see twenty twenty four? What's the plan? What are you focusing on? Yeah, we we're focused on helping on keep helping e commerce brands mainly doing seven figures uh, to grow to the next level, whatever that means for each brand uh, through um, acquisition mm-hmm. and retention strategies. Yeah. Yeah. So what will be an ideal process from your perspective that the brand should implement for, you know, their growth strategy, for their marketing or advertising strategies? What will be an ideal, more of a longer term process? Process for brands starting out or brands well-established? Yeah, brands that are thinking about, you know, spending, right, in paid media and looking not just for the next campaign, but probably for kind of a longer term plan like an year-long plan what would be an ideal you know strategy of planning their budgets across the year okay so basically what we what we always advise um people to do or brands to do is to close the laptop 
or close the ads platforms and think on paper the same way we do or I used to do back think. in the day when I was working in tech. You know, on, on in tech, for people who are not from that space, we don't just go ahead and implement whatever comes to mind. There's a plan, there are like, uh, you know, mm -hmm. diagrams, flows, use case scenarios. So in these cases, the same, there should be a plan in place. Without a plan, sure, you can implement whatever campaign comes to mind, but it's, I mean, you can get lucky eventually with one or two, but without a plan, it's super hard to play the long game and and success and succeed yes. there. So the first thing we build for our clients is a plan, but the plan doesn't mm -hmm. come from understanding their business, understanding their goals, understanding what they have handy to uh, fulfill those goals or to achieve those goals. So basically, we try to if if they work with us, let's say we the first thing we do through the onboarding process is try to understand who they are, who they serve the avatars or the ICP, the ideal customer profiles, what, mm -hmm. how they stand out as a brand, why they are different, the many business-related questions, not ad-related questions. Once we understand the business, their goals, what they have uh, handy to succeed, we build a plan. And the plan has basically the, let's say we, we work, we iterate um, in a like um, quarter by quarter. So we develop 90-day um, roadmaps they are basically 90-day uh, plans in which the the first thing we look at is the goal for 90 days, and then we break that down into monthly goals and to do four or five high-level actions, high-level actions to achieve those monthly goals. Why am I saying this yeah. whole thing that is not related mm -hmm. uh, like directly with your question? Because that's actually the the way we like to, to do things. And I, I didn't mention yet anything related to campaigns. I just mentioned, right. hey, you want to reach this destination? Let's break it down into more achievable goals, monthly goals, and high-level actions. And there, we'll say, okay, to achieve this goal and these monthly goals, we need X, X budget, X yeah. platforms, etc. Yes, and this is exactly what I was trying to refer, right? This is the original planning, right? Or thought process of where, you know, brands want to, to, to achieve and how they are defining their success. So let's talk about success parameters like APIs or, or what do you hear and what do you usually recommend, um, you know, in terms of targets of, you know, success of such, such a plan or such campaigns, you know, that you, that you manage for them. Yes. So in line with what I just saying, uh, each client defines success in a different way. Some clients okay. or even people I talk to on the podcast or in discovery calls, they value different things. Of course, what mm -hmm. we hear like everywhere is like the ROAS, but now it's even just in, uh, it's, it's, it doesn't look good if you say ROAS only because <laughs> it's actually, yeah. I don't think it's a vanity metric, but it's not enough. But High-level goals, some people want to decrease the cost per customer um, acquisition. Okay. So, and, but what most brands are talking about nowadays, and should be the conversation always, but it is the current conversation because of what we've been through with COVID, etc., is profitability. Yeah. They need to be profit. So Got they it. are doing everything in their power to be profit. That means decreasing costs. But they are forgetting, not all of them, but many of them 
are not talking about or not doing a lot of efforts equally to increase the value of the of the mm-hmm. of the, the the lifetime value of the client. So sure, we want the clients to cost less to acquire, but we should be talking even more because that has, you know, you cannot decrease the cost forever. You can keep coming up with ideas, but enough is enough, you know. Uh, you can decrease yes. things up to a certain point, but the sky is the limit when you took when you take a look at the ways you can increase the value. That's how much they spend on your business over time. And that's where we focus on with the agency as well. Yeah, just an interesting. And, you know, I talk to brands also a lot. And obviously last year was a more and difficult one. Definitely Q1, Q2, Q3. We hear, I hear a lot about some recovering Q4. Um, so that's on the macro level, right? How do you see, you know, the overall, you know, spending you know, environment right now? Well, according to Meta, Meta released a report uh, recently, and according to them, let's believe mm-hmm. them for a sec, the advertisers are spending more this January. I think it was up by 30% or something. So brands wow. were, yeah. were spending yeah. more uh, overall. The brands I'm talking to, of course, it depends on seasonalities. For some of them, Comparing Q4 with Q1 doesn't make sense, right? But for others, mm-hmm. I don't know, some yep. of them have like tax sale coming soon or for others, Valentine's Day is big. Uh, so it depends, right? Um, yep. but, um, clear, clear, clear. Yeah, definitely this is what we hear as well. Like the this year started, you know, probably on a very positive note compared to last year. Um, and how do you see the spending, you know, across the various steps in the value chain, right? Like discovery or nurturing, you know, conversion. I mean, what is the usually the purpose of these ads? And you know, how do you see this the budget is spreading across these different type of steps within the value chain? Yeah, that's a great question. I think brands should think about the omni-channel. Um, mm-hmm. Let's say uh, need to think omni-channel in this case, because you can attribute a certain responsibility to a certain channels, but not everything to every channel. So, if you're thinking about uh-huh. retention through paid ads, I'm not saying that's yep. not possible, but it's not the main goal. The main goal is to show your ads to as many people possible. Of course, qualify the audiences with the relevant messages to acquire them, and then of course retain them through channels that you own, such as email, or if you have push notifications or anything else, a community, Mm -hmm. many other things, because you own the audience, you don't need to pay for the, for the, for the audience again, but you can actually, you know, um, you can actually reach out in a more intrusive way, in a more relevant way there. Again, I'm not saying it's not possible through, through paid ads. You, you can actually, and it's okay to reach out to, um, to, to reach um, existing customers through ads, but yes. um, it's, it's not the main, the main goal that brands will achieve there. Sure, sure. And how do you see the different type of medias, you know, in terms of the effectiveness of the, of the campaigns, you know, video versus picture-based or, you know, testimonials or what is uh, usually, you know, a right balance of these type of medias across the campaign? Yeah. 
I hate answering this, but it depends on each brand. We have CEOs. And obviously a different niche, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we, we've <laughs> seen, we've seen videos succeed as a format uh, with many brands, but mm -hmm. many times images perform best, right? Uh, so it, it depends. I okay. think that brands, uh, something interesting I recently heard that I agree with is that brands nowadays, that those brands are trying to scale the budget and are not finding success with that. They mm -hmm. should think whether they are expanding the formats and messages uh, in their ads. Why? Because when you reach a new audience, because let's say you scale the budget from, I don't know, $1,000 a day to $5,000 a day or something like that, you need to know that those mm -hmm. people that you're going to reach that you didn't before are probably not going to respond to the same thing that the original audience did, right? So you need to, to test new things. So you need to test new hooks, yes. new new benefits, like think emotional benefits, functional benefits. Uh, whether it's video or images, we need to go back to it, to the basics. The same thing I, I did with the plan, same thing. Brands, what's working right mm -hmm. now is going back to the basics in every aspect, including messaging. The audiences are not the filter anymore. Back in the day, of course, you could laser target your audience, and that was the thing. Why brands got away with an average message? Because they were targeting the, the, the audience they wanted. Recorded. So brands, brands need to know that what worked in, in the old days won't work, as you were saying. You know, the Audiences were the filter, but nowadays, the message is a filter yeah. because most of the campaigns should be using, if you're not doing that already, broad audiences. Like you can test many other things, but audiences are broad or broader yes. than before. So the filter is a message. And if you don't test a, a variety of messages and in different formats, you won't capture a big audience as you should. The same happens when you post organically. Some people will love reading the blog post, but some people would rather mm -hmm. watch a video and some people would rather read a short form post. So many people, that different people respond to different message formats, message lengths and types, yes. and, and different hooks as well. So the same concept applies to ads. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure, for sure. And in terms of the various e-commerce niches, I mean, do you see any patterns that are working here and not working there? I mean, in terms of the various you know sectors or um, niches in the for industry? For example, do you, do you have an example? I mean, uh, I don't know, uh, like an influencer who, you know, showcase some kind of a product in a video works very, very well, probably, I guess, in cosmetics yes. and fashion, obviously, and some other sectors, maybe they're like food and beverages, you know, maybe it's a you know, different yeah, style, we, maybe we a picture will work better. A variety of niches, kind of a and I, I can tell you that, of course, they, yes. all of them can leverage different things. Some products are more visual than others. Some products are more technical than others. Some products need more explanation than others, and some products need activation. So, for instance, you said, yes. the, I don't know, cosmetics or beauty. Mm -hmm. People will buy the product once, or let's say the first time, but if they don't use it, they won't buy again because they will have enough for months or years and they won't come back. So it's important for you as a brand to activate sure. them, as we call it internally, like the activation phase is a thing for them because you need them to use it, right? Mm -hmm. With some other products, it's not the same because 
Yeah. It's probably more likely for them to use it because it's it's a no-brainer for them or it's something that they paid a lot of money for and you know that they won't come back for a long time. I don't know, if you sell mattresses, right? I don't know. You you don't need to activate them to use the mattress. They will definitely use it. I mean, if you buy a mattress, you will use it, right? So it's yes. not the same as the I don't okay. know, sending uh, educational videos with the or post with the night routine to apply this moisturizer or product for your face. Or so it's a different thing. So those are the nuances that differ from industry yes. to industry. Yes, and obviously from B two B to D two C, right? I guess there are nuances there as well, right? If it's on the B two B side, maybe it's some of the products are more uh, more advanced, more more technical that require more training, exactly. how to operate, so, how to activate, and definitely exactly. the creativity. So the same as that. you were yeah. as we were discussing earlier with the responsibilities of each channel for the retention or acquisition. Same thing here for the acquisition or activation. Activation is not a responsibility of paid ads. You acquired a customer that's awesome. Now let's activate them through channels that they will um, that they will see because paid ads are yeah. great for um, even more nowadays for reaching a big audience, not mm-hmm. for reaching a few thousand people, right? So if you if you want to reach your customers a few hundreds or a few thousands, it yes. won't be as relevant as if you hook them up with some emails or many brands leverage um, apps and in their apps they don't have they don't have like a replica of their store what they have is like recipes or training okay. videos or educational videos on how to use their products or ideas to use the products as well yes 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 and in terms of the you've, you've mentioned data right and analytics previously and i think it's really important to to discuss this as well so uh, how do you, what do you see the role of data right in advertising strategy and how do you measure success and how do you analyze the data for making That's an excellent you know, question. improvements in first the process? First thing first, if you as a brand are relying on the data that you see on the platform, you're missing out on a lot of things because nowadays the platforms, especially Meta, don't report okay. nearly nearly as much as the as the conversions that you can find. But that's not even it. We cannot measure things or as okay. black or white as uh, as like the last touch or nothing, and by that I mean that the the user journey is really complex. I buy something today, but I might be into I don't know. I might have been into that for years, and now I decide to buy. Before recording this, you were telling me that you are using Riverside for the podcast. He said, hey, why don't you use that? I don't know. I checked yeah. out Riverside, the pricing page, and many things for, I don't know, probably two to three years ago. And now, if in a month from now, I buy, who should I attribute that purchase to? Meta? Instagram? Or, or you know, it's, it's very complex. Yes. So for that, we should rely on, first, Correct. we shouldn't chase the sun because there's no such thing as, you know, getting there. So with the attribution, it's the same thing. We shouldn't try to mm-hmm. aim to get the 100% accuracy on attribution because it doesn't exist. It depends on the lenses you put on mm-hmm. the who you will attribute it to. So you can say Meta was the last thing that person who bought yesterday. Uh, it was the last platform they saw before buying, but 
they originally enrolled through email or TikTok, and in the middle they said they saw X. So you need to have like a blended model. And something that's working really well as well is got gathering zero party yes. data. What is zero party data? In case you don't know, is the data that people provide to you when you ask them for it. So if you ask someone, hey. Why mm -hmm. did you buy? Yeah. Did you buy it for yourself or for somebody else? How long have you, have you, I don't know, known us before you bought? And many other questions that you, uh, who else, what other brands did you consider before buying? Yes. So for that, some brands use a very well-known app called uh, uh, KNO Commerce, KNO Commerce. There are some others, but that's like the, 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 the one that I mm -hmm. hear the most about. As a post-purchase uh, survey that's integrated within Shopify, there are some others for sure. But important thing is that you gather questions, you gather uh, information from people. So you analyze numbers. Numbers are super important. But you can also analyze uh, what people tell you, right? So that's super important. For sure, for sure. So data is definitely a critical, you know, thing, makes a critical part in this whole decision making and. As you said, not just the data from the platform itself, but from third parties as well. And um, so, how do you balance? I mean, data right with creativity. I mean, how are you involved in the creativity process? Um, what role do you take as BSR as the agency in all these decisions? How to, you know, probably do the tweaks that may make make a huge difference, or you know, moving to another type of creativity uh, methods. Yeah. Data is everything and we are involved. And I will give you a few examples. First, brands Please. brands that have been around for a certain time, for sure, they have reviews. If you're selling products online, you have reviews. Yes. Negative reviews, sure. positive reviews, you have reviews. Leverage them. Without AI, <laughs> with AI, yeah. try to analyze the what people are saying, how they are saying it, which words they are using to describe what you do because we are masters, masters as as at describing what we do with our own complicated works. Have you ever tried to explain yes. a relative what you do? And so let them let them rephrase that and tell mm -hmm. you what they understand about what you do. And that's Th those are the words you should use, not the complicated lingo that we use as brands or service providers. Let let us let yeah. them define us better than we do or, or mm -hmm. what we sell. What the, the benefits they see in the products. Yes. And if you don't have reviews, don't worry. You do have competitors. I mean, if you don't have reviews because you you haven't started selling anything and you don't have competitors, well, probably think twice why you are. I mean, probably you're inventing the next big thing because if nobody's like if you don't have direct competitors mm -hmm. or even indirect competitors that's a different thing but if you do have direct and even in indirect competitors look at their reviews negative reviews what people hate about the product that you can improve or you can you are good yes. at and you can highlight that and people want to get away from pain so stop feeling x with your cream or tired of feeling x with your moisturizer or whatever. So we have a solution for you, blah. So the positive reviews, what yeah. they value, if you if you have the same thing, leverage that in your messaging. Pay attention to the comments in your ads or in your organic um in, in your organic channels as well. 
even if that's the social channels or if that's a community you have or surveys, try to leverage that in your in your communication because you can do videos, you can do images, but as we were saying before, the message is important thing. And if you can actually ace it as yes. at identifying what people said in any of those channels, you will you will build more rapport with them because that's the way they feel about your product. Right. Interesting. Interesting. Brian, another important you know topic that is uh, changing the market these days is that we are moving to a cookie-less world, right? I mean, less ability to track, less ability to do remarketing. How do you see this change, you know, evolve you know, in the industry? How do you see brands are trying to confront, you know, I think they will. World? Everyone will adapt. Uh, that's the um, that's the new yeah. the new rule and the new reality for everyone. So I don't know. I don't. I don't think mm-hmm. that it will be a game changer for some brands and not for others. I think that, of course, it will be a, a big thing, but it will be the same thing for everyone. iOS 14 back in 2021, but was a big, big one of the biggest changes in the last decade for uh, ad, the ads world, and brands adapted. I think that yeah. brands are. After the iOS 14 update and after COVID and etc., brands are going back to the basics, and the basics will keep them in a good spot, mm-hmm. regardless of the new tech of the new technological changes. So if you have your own channel, your own list, like you have a community, you have a community it could be an email list, it could be a Facebook group, it could be anything, but you have your own people that loves you, your own customer base, you have a clear message and you have a product people love, yes. they have validated, they love, you You are focused on being profitable and on increasing the life and value and average value and not only decreasing costs. I think that will be enough mm-hmm. for brands to succeed. Of course, they need to be on top of every, every tech change, but I think it will be just another change that brands will see. I might be underestimating it, but um, I think that that's that's what I see at least. Yeah, it obviously creates also a lot of other opportunities, right? Like retail media and other inventory sources. So definitely there is a change that needs to be, brands need to adapt. And and in this, uh, you know, in this topic and, you know, brands looking to make their processes more efficient and obviously try to find new ways to market. How do you see the role of AI in all these processes? Where do you see this happening today? And how do you see this you know, shaping the future of, of, of e-commerce and specifically on the advertising and campaigns? Interesting side? question. I don't know if I have the answer or if I'm the right person to answer anything related to that. <laughs> I'm, you're, you're in a good place. Yeah, no I worries. Mean, I, no I no one has nobody, all the answers. <laughs> I'm not saying nobody yeah. saw it coming a few years ago, but I remember um, I remember recording an episode on my podcast. It was probably middle of 2022, and uh, the 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 mm-hmm. guest was telling me something about mid mid journey. You know, for for those in the audience who don't know what this is about, is basically and correct me if I'm wrong, even even but it's basically um, a program in which you can. You can actually create images. It's like DALI. You can create images um, through AI with prompts, right? And 
I I didn't know what it was about exactly. back then, and yeah. I couldn't believe what it could do, the capabilities, and he was showing live some examples, and it was fascinating at that. And it was before um, uh, AI was mainstream. Back then, what was mainstream was Web3. Yes. <laughs> and uh, like um, like like uh, all the the <laughs> altcoins bitcoin and um, everything like that the the creators coin everyone was talking about that but nobody no one was talking about ai until i think it was december or january 2023 so you don't know what's what you don't know what's waiting for you around the corner right so uh, it's probably impossible trying to yeah. predict how ai could be leveraged by brands. But currently, what I can say is that you should be using it with responsibility because trying to, I mean, AI is integrated in probably, I don't know, if you are a Shopify merchant, Shopify is leveraging AI as well to create product descriptions, to do more things for you. So be careful, be responsible with that. Try to, you know, be there to yes. I mean if you have an identity if you have a strong values you will probably have you will have more chances to succeed than if you let AI generate everything for you I think AI is great for getting off the blank page but I don't know if it's there yet to replace us as humans creators of brands yes yes some of course, of course. Obviously, there are like, as you said, like product descriptions, maybe SEO tasks. Um, there are various you know, activities that AIs can help, but it's not hundred percent. Some say it's maybe fifty percent, or maybe it's eighty percent. But uh, you know, definitely, you know, all companies are using AI in some, in some form, and we yeah. are just at the beginning of this era. So it's really, as you said, no one knows what's what's. I, know, I think it could be great to, to do some. Um, some analysis on the back end, you know, to predict something or to do some forecast, but I haven't heard of anything that brands mm -hmm. are using successfully that I can recall right now. But I think that there could be a lot of possibilities with AI yes. to to uh, improve some processes on the back end as well. Yes, yes. Great stuff, Brian. Um what do you see in terms of like common mistakes, you know, that brands are doing? I mean, in terms of the marketing, you know, you know digital, you know, marketing activities. Yes, great question. So, it all—it's a common thread with what I was saying about going back to the basics. It sounds simple, but that's the problem. Many people don't like simple stuff. They like the fan, the fancy stuff, the shiny objects, doing new yeah. things all the time. And this is something we talk a lot with our clients and on the show as well. What's wrong with the basics? Like Alex Hormoz, mm -hmm. Alex Hormoz is someone that is really well known <laughs> nowadays in the U.S. in the, in the entrepreneurship world, a very successful person, and and with a clear thoughts. In he says something like, "Great, great leaders and successful people never skip the basics. Like that is not about the extraordinary actions you can do." To achieve something is about the ordinary actions you can do for an extraordinary period of time. So if you put in the reps every single day for 10 years, as he says, you will be in shape, right? But if you try to do, I don't know, a thousand ups 
one day and then nothing, you won't see the changes, right? So in these cases, it's the same thing. Brands are trying to go crazy with the next shiny right. object, next big thing. And, it, and it's like, hey, I, I did an episode the other day with a brand I love. It was a former client of mine and I love the brand. Really, I love the brand. And it's not the first brand that tells me the following. They have a great product. Why? They spent two years, not two days, weeks, or months, two years developing the products until they were super happy with the quality of the products. Some brands we talked to, the innovation process was five or 10 years. Five or 10 years, right? That's a lot of time. Some people wow. spend a week and say, hey, it, it's not wow. working. What's wrong? I'm not getting clients. I should probably, Facebook is not working, right? So, <laughs> so spend the time to create a product, spend the time to validate yes. the product. Don't, if you're starting out, don't run ads. Create a product and validate that, right? Go with your friends, your audience, give that away. Try to see if it works. Try to see if it changes people's lives. If people will come and say, hey, I want it. If it doesn't, ads won't solve your problem. We'll amplify them. Plus, you will lose money. Because if, if, if I'm selling something that nobody wants, the fact that I'm telling the same thing to thousands or hundreds of thousands of people won't change that. It will create bad reputation. Yes. People probably will buy once and, and return it or never again and tell everyone they know not to buy it. So spend the time to create a good product, to validate that there's demand for what you're selling. And then, then and only then, amplify the message. Because you will know that it works. You will have a confidence in what you yes. do. You will know that changed people's lives. You will have probably testimonials to back it up with. And you will see more success. Reach out to your niche creators in your space and, and distribute the product. Try to, mm -hmm. to build something genuine, something that you care, right? That's the way I advise people to start something out. And if you're not starting out and you're, you reached plateau yes. and you don't know why things are not working, Again, go back to the drawing board. We'll go back to the basics. Are we actually doing this, the things that need to be done currently? Or are we trying to do ads as if it was 2020? You know, are we, are we like, do we have relevant messages, right? Do we have what it takes on the landing page, on the messaging, on the product? Mm -hmm. do, do we have that? Or is, so it's going back to the yes. basics, right? Yes. Yes. And I think, Brian, this is like the theme of this episode, right? Going back to the basics, be agile, you know, experiment, iterate, be creative, you know, try to build communities yeah. and then, you the know, other day I, grow The other day there, I posted right? on LinkedIn that most of us already, we have already learned what we need to be successful. So everything we need to be successful, probably we have already learned hmm. those things. As we evolve and we grow, We'll learn new ones, but we don't. We don't need. The point is that we don't need to learn new things in order to be successful. You need to to to, to chase the next shiny option. You already have the know-how, right? You just need to do it. You just need to 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 take action, to put it into practice, to do the basics every single day. The yes. inputs, let's say, right? Okay, exactly. So, Brian, thank you so much. It was really, really fascinating. Anything else you uh, want no, to add? I think that was it on my end. If you have any other questions, I'll be happy to answer it. But, uh, yeah, I had a, a really nice time. So, thanks for having me. Yes, sure, sure. Brian, anything else uh, in terms of your uh, 
you know, something that you can share with our audience, something about maybe personally about you that most I people twins, don't know. A boy and a girl, four year old. No, I, I, I love being a parent. Wow. I know I look young, no, <laughs> but uh, uh, I'm 36, but I have four year old. So, uh, <laughs> Business, I, I love it, but those are my, they are my biggest conversions, yeah. let's say. <laughs> the attribution is 100% accurate on that case. I'm the father. Yes. I yes, know that yes. for sure. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I like to play the guitar. I have two in the, on the back end. Now I play probably lullabies for them, but I used to play yes. for <laughs> different things in the past. <laughs> uh, I love playing soccer. I'm from Argentina. I love Messi. Some people even say I look like him, but I don't know. It depends on the haircut. Sure. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. I yeah, <laughs> I'm about helping people, um, and and that's I'm a mentor as well. Yes. On uh, there's a platform called Growth Mentors. It's um, a platform for mentors in the growth marketing space. Mm -hmm. I'm a mentor there. I offer free sessions to give back. I have always done that since I was in in high school. Uh, always trying to, even if it was through courses or talks or mentorships, I always like to give back and, and give at least my humble and best advice possible to those people. So if you, if you want, I can give you the link for people to reach out. Amazing. Uh, yes, please, please give the link to reach out. We put it on the show notes. And just to let you know, I'm also on the Massive Fan, so on the Massive Fan Group. So well done. Uh, so what's the best yeah, way to find you? Of course, you? I can give you the uh, links for you Brian. to put in the show notes. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, uh, you can find me on uh, on our website, bsrdigital.com. And of course, uh, I'll give you the link for Growth Mentors in case somebody wants to. Uh, if you are probably not, if you're a brand, that's fine. But I mean, if you're a marketer, if you're an agency, and you want to brainstorm some things, I'm super open to discussing things with the peers as well. So feel free to reach out as well. Amazing, amazing. So thank you so much, Brian. It was really, really interesting and insightful. Thank you for having me. Thank it was a great conversation. Much. Thank you for joining us on this episode. Your support means the world to us. If today's episode has been insightful for you, consider sharing it with someone who would also benefit. Even one share can make a big difference. Looking to elevate your e-commerce game? Discover Vimy, a multi-channel e-commerce platform that will transform your business with the power of shoppable video. Visit us at vimi.net to learn more. It's vimi, V-I-M-M-I.net. Thank you for being part of our journey. Stay tuned for more invaluable insights in our next episode.